Um, just a, a real quick reminder, your, the important information of upcoming events is in the, on the blue sheet here. Now I can hear me. And uh, so please take a look at this. And uh, uh, there's quite a few great events coming. And so we invite you to participate as much uh, as you can. So um, have, a, have a gander at that. Uh, this next uh, weekend, we do have our movie night. Um, and it'll be in the fellowship hall. And um, we don't have a time on there, do we? Um, Four o'clock, yeah, 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 okay. So four o'clock, movies, hot dogs, popcorn, fellowship, and uh, come. Uh, the table will be prepared. So thank you. And I uh, would like to have you stand and, and sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is page 165, Holy, Holy, Holy.
come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us now confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, your grace always precedes and follows us. Help us to forsake all trust in earthly gain and to find in you our heavenly treasure. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Amos chapter 5, verses 6 through 15, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1425. Amos chapter 5, verses 6 through 15, page 1425. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. He who made the Pleiades and Orion, who turns midnight into dawn and darkens day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. With a blinding flash, he destroys the stronghold and brings the fortified city to ruin. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. We will read Psalm 90, verses 12 through 17 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 90, verses 12 through 17. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us, 
establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The third reading is from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 19, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1865. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 19. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as has just been said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they, were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that? they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. It can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1570. Glory to you, O Lord. St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these things I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then 
Come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I, uh, I need to start off with a little personal confession here. Um, it could be the fact that I'm not feeling all that great and the fever's taken on, so I'll leave it for uh, Jeff here to come and tackle me if I go off too far. But um, will you do that for me, Jeff? Okay, get the hook. Um, you know, over and over I've stated, and, and, and if you haven't heard it, I declare it to you today, that I am no different than you, anyone here, and that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior every day, every moment. And so this morning is no different than that. I woke up, I felt pretty darn good. You know that I've been kind of struggling with stuff, and I don't really know what it is, but we're going to go into the walk-in today and spend five quality hours. Yeah, I know, Sharon, <laughs> you and Ed worry about me, and I don't mean to cause it, but I am going to go down there and and, and do what it needs to be done. But as I was um, here this morning, um, I was setting up tables out there, and, and I come across a Capri Sun cherry drink that's, you know, those little packets and stuff. Now, I don't drink those. And uh, it's on the ground. And I looked at that, and I wasn't very pastorly about it, you know. And I and I, for those at home, I just swept my foot and kicked it into the, into the bushes as I'm lovingly, you know. Now God's doing a work with me. I wasn't going to start this saying I had an argument with God. Well, he didn't argue with me. Um, his word that I've heard since however long it's been is alive in me. And as soon as I did that, I heard, do uh, your work as unto the Lord. Right? Joyfully. Let us rejoice in the day that the Lord has made and be glad in it. Boy, does that tough, you know, when I'm sitting there being pretty sinful and fleshly and mad at, you know, a juice thing laying on the patio that I didn't put there, I need prayer, please. And um, that's about all, all I have to add to that other than, my goodness, how un, not unlike we are or I am to the folks that we're going to talk about this morning, the rich young man. Um, in, in our earlier reading of Amos, you know, the common denominator here is our own understanding, our own hard hearts, our own way of seeing how things should be done, despite what God has proven to us over and over, we know better. And we don't. And so the recurring theme again is humble up. Exchange those hardened hearts for ones that are soft and malleable. Don't get to thinking that you're all that. Because I just described, and you already knew that, but your pastor ain't all that. And, 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 and we will be humbled. 
So it's probably better to start now and ask God, help me to see others, maybe even sunny delight juice cherry things on there the way that you do, not as trash or somebody's absolutely abhorrent, selfish, throwing it on my patio kind of a thing, right? Maybe it just dropped out. Maybe it was somebody who had a little kid and, and, you know, it could have been a lot of things that I would have, oh, that's no big deal. But, boy, help us, Daddy, to have eyes to see the way you do. And Jesus gives us that this morning. Prior uh, to what we hear about the young man, the rich young man coming to Jesus, if you remember uh, in Mark chapter 10, the first teaching was about divorce, and talk about uh, kind of a, one of those things where a pastor goes, oh, brother, i got to talk about that. And, and, and it came out pretty good. I did listen to it. And, 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 and the point is, is that the, the idea of marriage, the idea of what Christ is doing is that it's, the bride is, is, is the church. And you are the bride. And we have all been astray and, and, and committed bad acts. And yet he still pursues us. He never filed divorce, and left us, okay? And then the next um, lesson that he teaches is about the, the beauty of children. Let the little children come to me. And just before the rich man stepped in and fell to his knees and had you know, a conversation with Jesus, you notice that Jesus was about to go. I mean, if Jesus was in his suburban backing up, the guy would have been crushed, right? Especially if I was driving for him. It's like, nope, sorry, too late. You missed your chance. But the little ones came to him, and Jesus took time. That's another thing that Jesus has that I don't. He has a lot of time. I I have more than I think, but he is so lavishly spends it on us. All right, Ken, drill it down. I want to make one last point. In, in, In chapter 10, verses 13, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. Beautiful thing. People, parents saw, I want this man, I want this God, this Messiah to touch my children and bless them. That's what we're called. Bring the little children in. That's why it's so important. And then the disciples rebuked them. These guys have been hanging out with Jesus, getting a a seminary degree that no one has ever had since. And they should have gotten, they didn't, but they have flesh. Just like the pastor, just like you, we see what is right in front of us sometimes and we do not see with God's eyes. And Jesus was indignant and he said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. And then he took the babies into his hand, the children into his arms, each one of them. Not a group hug, but each one of them. That is how intimate our Father in heaven is. That is how intimate the Son that came to let us know the nature of the Father is. He showed us. That's how he is for each one of you and even me. And even this rich young man. So Jesus just finished laying hands on the littles that were brought to him. Prior to that, the Pharisees and the experts of the law were trying to trap Jesus in blasphemy. They wanted to kill him, right, so that they could get him somehow to say something bad about Moses and what Moses had said. Talk about having a rough day. I'm complaining about a little bit of a sniffle and all that. And and, and Jesus had, you know, he's got people wanting to 
get rid of him and hurt those that he loves. So the young man comes along and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And before that, he called him good teacher. And that is didaskalos, didaskalos. And it's used by those typically that are earnestly seeking wisdom and teaching, like the disciples. But it's also used by those that are looking to put him down or to mock him or to trap him. It'd be like, good, <laughs> good teacher, right? It's mocking. I think it may be the same way that it was intended for um, Luther to be upset by those that called his people Lutherans. But rather than get upset, Jesus notes that the man is coming to him and he knows what he's going to say and so forth. He doesn't dress him down. We notice that the man really has it wrong. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is, is the same thing as asking, what must I do to merit being born into a family that will bestow this birthright? What must I do to be born of a family with the last name of Carnegie or Gates or, you know, name, uh, what, you can't, can you? It can't be done. And so Jesus invites the man and the people that are listening to examine their own speech and their motives. In other words, listen to what you just said. You can't choose to inherit a kingdom. You can't choose to inherit uh, money or a birthright. And yet, Jesus could have said, you know, your flattery is worthless and you're, you really don't get it and, you know, be gone. But he listens to him further. In fact, he even encourages the man. Rather than have him try to answer the question of good teacher, what do you mean by that? Jesus made that assumptive close. He said, well, as you know, or you know the commandments. Ah, every good Jewish kid did. You know, the commandments um, are, are, are kind of the, the summary. It, it's, it, it's what all would know and the natural complement to the perfect goodness of what God is. Nobody would say that the commandments were flawed, They would say they were perfect because they were given to God. And so, yeah, I know those. In fact, the kid even goes further to say that um, I have been observing these since I was a little kid. Not Not even, you know, that simple. He says, I have been pulaso. Pulaso, which means um, I have been guarding those like a strong man would guard his treasures Like a shepherd would seek over his, look over his flock and be prepared to deal destruction on anything that would, even in the least bit, be a threat. That's how strongly that word is. Mark only uses it one. Pulasso. 
you betcha. Those commandments I've held. Well, wouldn't it be great if liar, liar, pants on fire worked once? Right? How many of us would have britches right now? But still, Jesus does not go into him on that he didn't keep those either. It says that Jesus, looking at the man, loved him. And in my Bible commentary, it says that this is the only time that Jesus really picked out an individual. Now, you'll know that the one that Jesus loved, well, John's the one that wrote that, you know, and the one he loved, you know. But this part, Mark says, Jesus loved the young man. Looking at him, he loved him, and he said to him, you lack one thing. He's about to answer the question. What must I do to inherit? And what must he do? We know what it is. And it's pointed out earlier in Amos, idolatry. Idolatry is, and disobedience is what's going to cause Zion, the Jews, God's chosen people, to suffer. They chose idolatry over God. In Hebrews, he's, he's admonishing them, do not let the church become like the Israelites. Forty years they were in, in rebellion. Forty years. God provided for them. He loved them. He told them what they lacked. He showed them the way, and yet it wasn't good enough. This guy is sitting there with God, with skin on. What must I do to inherit it? And he's kind of like, okay, I understand where you're getting. I'm going to steer you there. I'm not going to make you look stupid, even though, you know, I created you and I know your limitations, but I love you. And there's one thing that you lack. Here it is, everyone. Get rid of your idol. Get rid of that which is holding you back. And the young man is said, went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. The operative word is had, right? Where are those possessions today? Same place that mine will be when time's over. Just like you don't see the U-Haul trailer behind a hearse, right? You just don't. And so I see this as, as a, is a, is a just, oh my gosh, there are rich young men. There are, there are people that don't know what they need but are asking the right questions. Or maybe they're not asking the questions, but they need to hear the answer. And that is everything other than what Christ has to offer, everything other than Christ and him crucified on the cross. If you're going to a church that says, live your best life now. Do this, 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 and this. That's idolatry. Remember the kid, oh, I've been doing those. No, he hadn't, and Jesus knew he hadn't. And yet, if he had been doing them as well as he said he would, he wouldn't have been asking Jesus, what more do I have to do? Because he'd already done it perfectly, and that's what happens. 
when you and me try to fulfill a perfectly obedient life. We know we didn't do it perfectly. And so either two things are going to happen for the person that is legalistic and that is trying to, to, to check all the boxes off for his own salvation. Either he is going to be vain, empty vanity. I've been doing that since I was a little boy quite well. Or he will be stuck in desperate searching. And this kid was in both at the same time. Desperate searching, empty vanity. So what's the inoculation? Well, you already have it. You already have it. You were inoculated against that the day that you were baptized, when you were sealed in his righteousness by word and water and your little bitty faith. It was a gift of the Holy Spirit. It was done for you. Cling to that. You were given a deposit more precious than any gold or silver of the Holy Spirit, God living in you, it was given. He's in you now. There isn't anything you need more of. You're equipped. This message here is a reminder that it's been done. This message is a reminder that, yes, for the unbeliever, for the one who whose hope and faith and trust is in himself, it's easier to put a camel through an eye of a needle. But for the sinner who Christ redeems, all things are possible. God is the God of doing impossible things. I'm standing here right now, proof period. He did impossible work in me, for me, to me, and he's done the same thing in each and every one of your lives. He's done what is impossible. You and me, we went along with the ride. It is that simple. You don't have to do anything to inherit it. You've inherited it. So now what do I do, Pastor Ken? Well, now at the risk of doing law, gospel, law, which is law, gospel, now go and do. Somewhere some theologian is listening to this right now on tape. I know we're getting 350 hits on some of these deals, so I have to be very careful how I say this. It's been done. When Christ said it was finished on that cross, he meant it's finished. So Christian, it's been done. There's nothing you can do to inherit the kingdom of heaven. It's already been given to you and, and you're going to receive it. However, in the meantime, as a tree that's in an orchard and, and it produces fruit, you guys are producing fruit. And frankly, you didn't have a lot of choice in that either. You're just making fruit. So share your fruit. Don't let it fall on the ground and rot away. Share it. Give it away. 
give it away. What's your fruit? Kindness, helping, financing, loving, listening, worshiping. Give it away. I did it, didn't I? I gave you a go and do. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us together state our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit 
born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please pray with me to Almighty God. Dear Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we stand before you with thankful hearts for all of our many blessings, too numerous to list, too often taken for granted. But we're also frightened and anxious about all the hate, corruption, lying, violence, and disasters that surround us. We fear for the well-being of our nation. We have become victims of our own sin which we deserve. We've elected, appointed, or employed political representatives, leaders, judges, and educators that hate you, Father, and anyone who is faithful to your laws and your son's saving grace. We kill each other for greed and jealousy or try to destroy anyone with whom we have disagreements. We have national government representatives who call for violence upon each other. We don't know what to do, and we feel powerless to overcome this madness. We're surrounded by our enemies who desire to kill us and destroy the fabric of our nation. Why do you allow Satan to rule over us? How long must we endure this evil? We remain faithful, Holy Father, but we suffer greatly. With your divine power, please strike silent the tongues of those who call for violence against one another. Save us from ourselves on earth, as we know you have saved us for eternity in heaven through your son's sacrifice. If it is your will, and we pray that it is, guide us with endurance and wisdom to overcome our enemies as we consider our choices in the coming elections. Almighty God, your natural forces continue to amaze and frighten us as we realize that nothing we build and no material treasures that we store up can withstand the power of your creation. So we pray that you would calm the earth, still the winds and seas, and stop the earthquakes. Guide us to help those in distress, especially those in Florida and the East Coast states facing yet another destructive power of Hurricane Michael, as well as those in Haiti and Indonesia recovering from earthquakes and tsunamis. Help us to direct our energies to working together to help those in distress instead of tearing each other apart. Help us to treasure our relationship with you most of all and with our neighbors more than any material possession that can be taken away in a moment's time. Thank you, Lord, for all of our children. And we ask that you keep them safe at all times. These young ones are our treasure and our future. Help us as parents, guardians, and mentors to teach and lead our children to be kind and considerate 
ethical, and moral, rather than the lessons taught by our politicians and Hollywood entertainers. We thank you, Father, for Holy Scripture. It is the only written word that is entirely truthful. No political spin, no fake news, no ambiguity. Though we often feel we don't need directions for things we do, or we're too busy to take the time to read directions, we need to read yours. Please open our hearts and minds to understand your directions for our lives and provide us the strength to follow them. We again pray for our president, current and future members of Congress, our judges, and all world leaders, allies and enemies alike, for wisdom, tolerance, deference, integrity, and rational behavior. We know that only you can grant this prayer. Lord, please encircle our military forces in your omnipotent protective embrace and also protect our police, firefighters, and other first responders. We pray for our pastor, Ken, and his family. Please keep them safe and strong in their faith as they keep us strong in ours. We give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, for sending the gentle rains and the marvelous light show you provided us Friday night and Saturday. Thanks for lifting our spirits and calming our hearts. We pray for all who suffer in this life, wherever they may be, and especially for those who have suffered for many years and who call out to you for relief, that they would be comforted, healed, and made whole again, whether here on earth or in heaven with you. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers spoken aloud or kept deep in our hearts. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. At this time, let's share the peace. I'm going to be sharing my peace with you from back here. Peace be with you.
would you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day he overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened us, to us, the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church here on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it giving it to his disciples and saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim, you proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his beautiful, triumphant coming again. Let us together now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the account that was given today to us in the, in the gospel, there was a young man that was reluctant to give up his earthly possessions, which must, well, I can't say what must have been for Jesus, but for me looking into it, here's Jesus about to give his body and his blood, his everything, so that that young man and any other young man or woman might have everlasting life. What a gift. And that gift is for you and for me. If you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and I know you do, I heard you all. Come, the table is prepared. You may be seated.
Will you please stand? And now receive the benediction. Words from Aaron. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face, and I really like this part, shine on you. Can you imagine the Lord's face shining on you and being gracious to you? He is. May the Lord look upon you with favor. How about that for power? If the Lord's looking on you upon you with favor, whose other favor do you need? Nobody. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Wow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us sing as unto the Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you.